Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Yo, 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 welcome into Daily Faceoff Live. We're streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, as well as, of course, dailyfaceoff.com. He is our prospect analyst and deputy editor, Stephen Ellis. Mr. Ellis, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? It's uh, world junior season, so I'd expect nothing less of you, and we'll get to that in the next wave coming up. But first, uh, as our prospects guru, perfect time to have you on to talk about Shane Wright scoring his first National Hockey League goal. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock, and let's start with that. A bit poetic in Seattle as facing off against the Montreal Canadiens on Tuesday night for the Seattle Kraken. Shane Wright gets his first NHL goal and does it against Uri Slavkovsky, the guy that the Canadians picked ahead of, him, ahead of him at number one overall back in the June NHL draft. You see the exclamation point from Wright as he celebrates. Uh, what a relief that must have been from him, fresh off of his recall from the AHL. And that was really just one of quite a few chances that Wright had in that first period, Stephen. Wright was fantastic in that game, specifically in the first period. He didn't play a ton overall in the game, but getting that goal was a huge monkey off the back for him. He played fantastic in the AHL, and kind of seeing him in interviews, he looked calm and relaxed. We know he's a good player. To me, he's one of the smartest players we've seen come up through the draft in a few years, and to me, that alone was why I had him as the number one prospect. Um, he didn't go out there and blow the OHL by storm last year offensively, but I think he proved that he's one of the smartest prospects in a long time, thinks the game at a high level, kind of like what we see from Crosby maybe to a, a lower extent obviously but he he plays such a smart game so it, I was kind of surprised he didn't play as well as we were hoping at the start but at the same time Seattle didn't need him to they were playing really well without him um, going down to the AHL and getting the confidence uh, is exactly what I like to see from young prospects uh, it's very rare for a player to make a huge impact just months after getting drafted to the NHL and I think the fact that he went to the to the AHL looked really good and he looked ready off the hop uh, a lot of questions if he'll be at the World Juniors but I think that uh, you know that's the, the type of confidence boosting game you need and uh, it was good to see yeah it seemed like the AHL a trip there for the conditioning stint after the Kraken scratched him in five consecutive games to send him to the AHL for that 14-day window in which he scored four goals in five games also really helped him so we're thinking that the plan is now for the Kraken to send him to Team Canada's World Junior Camp when that opens on Friday if that is the case, does it make sense or, or would you alter that plan at this point, given how well he appeared to play in one game or is it just one game? 
So he didn't make it on the camp roster. So my guess is they're probably going to hold on to him as long as possible um, and see what happens. Because I think it's more beneficial for him to still be working with the NHL coaches because he was in the AHL. He's got those players to play with now. Uh, even if he doesn't play every single game, I do think having him involved with the NHL team as long as possible is very important. And then you get a chance to send him to the t- tournament. Um, but I still think going out there, being in a winning environment, playing top line minutes uh, with some quality teammates would be more beneficial than playing 10 11 minutes a night in the nhl yeah that's been the big question in terms of Wright's development path i think probably we'd all agree that the best place for shane Wright to be at this exact moment in time is the ahl but unfortunately that is not possible let's talk about mitch marner and it was really the marquee matchup on the slate on tuesday night as the toronto maple leafs visited the dallas stars the first time in nhl history that two players went head-to-head against each other in Jason Robertson and Mitch Marner, both riding point streaks of at least 18 games. And Jason Robertson, no soup for you. You do not get to continue your point streak because your team was shut out by the Toronto Maple Leafs and Matt Murray on Tuesday night. Mitch Marner does continue that point streak along. Uh, He has now hit 20 games to increase his franchise record for the Leafs. And when you look at how this game played out, obviously the streaks were the storyline going in, Stephen, but it's the play of Matt Murray after the fact, who is now on a 6-0-2 run since coming back from injury for the Toronto Maple Leafs, who made all 44 saves on shots that he faced. Well, first off, it's a shame we didn't get to see a Matt Murray versus Matt Murray battle, and there was no chance that was going to happen, but that would have been great. Um, Murray was unbelievable last night, and this is someone where – uh, I, I'm writing about it today for dailyfaceoff.com and how the Leafs went with some questionable goaltending um, heading into the season, but you had two guys that were willing to, um, and you were hoping to go out there and show why they should be number ones. And they're both playing like number ones right now. But the way Matt Murray looks, this is like the Stanley Cup playoffs that we saw from him years ago in Pittsburgh uh, every single night. And if Can you take away it? that first... Well, you know, he's he's been... Other than that first game against Montreal, he's been he's been lights out, and I think that you can, uh, when he's at the top of his game, he's a very tough goalie to beat, and he looks a lot bigger than I remember seeing him. It feels like his chest protector is like JS Shiger level, just like huge. But he's going out there and he, he's making it really hard for for shooters to to shoot, and he's moving so much better than he did a year ago when he was in Ottawa. So. Can he sustain it? I, I think so. He's doing so with a defense that's very depleted, and they're having to kind of just rotate guys in every couple of nights. Um, and he's getting the job done. So right now I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, it just feels like the Leafs are kind of playing with a house of cards, though. We have questions about whether Murray can sustain this play. Can he stay upright? And then the defense in front of him, you know, when will all those things sort of come back to haunt the Leafs at this point? Because it feels like, that's bound to happen, but every time you're kind of looking for it or thinking that it might be the case, it's not, and they end up rolling, which they've continued to do. Let's throw that stat up there one more time, Alex, if we can. Wanted to highlight this because it's pretty incredible. 5.979 goals saved above expected for Matt Murray on Tuesday night. It was the best performance for a goalie in a shutout since modern stats started, according to moneypuck.com. So you see just how impressive by almost a half a goal or more than a half a goal, um, that's how impressive Matt Murray was against the Dallas Stars on Tuesday night. Uh, Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins because they've been equally impressive, Stephen, over the last number of weeks. And so much of it has to do with Sidney Crosby as they are now just one point 
out of second place in the Metropolitan Division standings. Kind of crazy to think about because the Pens, not all that long ago, you were saying, hey, this team's going to be in a dogfight to make the playoffs with some of the other teams that are in the mix for those wild card spots. Think of teams like the Detroit Red Wings and the Florida Panthers. And well, it just goes to show you that as Sidney Crosby has been on an absolute tear again, and take a look at this breakdown, the Penguins seem to go exactly as their captain goes. And that's not breaking news in the sense, but it also speaks to how much they seem to be relying on Crosby, especially at a time when someone like Chris Letang is out on the back end. But look at the tear that Crosby's been on over this last number of games. He's got 18 points, and the Pens are 8-1-1 one, and one in that stretch. So um, it's incredible to see uh, 18 points in 10 games, what he's been able to do. You think back to the previous stretch before that, 2-7-2, two, and two, where the Penguins looked old and tired. There was a couple games where Crosby did not look all that interested. He went in an 11-game stretch there, five games without a point. So uh, you just take a look at this, and Sidney Crosby seems to be aging like a fine wine. There's a reason he's, why he's one of the greatest players of his generation. And this is someone who has missed a lot of time throughout his career. And every time he he misses time, you see Evgeny Malkin seemingly stand up. Or you find a couple other guys that will show up and, and keep things moving along. But this is a group that I feel like has had to play kind of against the odds the last couple of years. Where it's like, okay, this is, this is a team that's regressing. You kind of expect them to kind of, eventually they're going to start missing the playoffs. But uh, Crosby is keeping things alive here. Uh, again, one of the reasons why he's so good. Um, He's one of the smartest players in the league. He's shooting well this year. He's, he's obviously we know he can still do. He can still be a good playmaker. Um, but he's still leading this team. He's giving it his all because the the, t the window of where Pittsburgh's going to be competitive is is closing in. So he's given it. I think as hard of an effort as we've seen in his career. Um, and it's it, it, this team just it's hard to, to bet against them. Whether it's injury after injury, the last couple of years they continue to find a way to to shine through. Or this year, it's just you know they go through that struggle and they bounce back. This is a team that's just it's a mystery sometimes. But then you look at it and say, well, Crosby, Malkin, I, I guess it kind of makes sense. Sidney Crosby, the NHL's leader in even strength points. And when you take a look at some of the other guys that are the top five scorers in the NHL, including some ties, as our guy Matt Larkin pointed out, I'm going to read you their ages, 25, 27, 23, 29, 24. And oh yeah, there's Sidney Crosby at age 35. So pretty darn impressive for Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. Eight, one and one in their last 10. We kind of paled in comparison, Stephen, to the Bruce Cassidy Bowl in Boston on Monday night, but Paul Maurice returned to Winnipeg for the first time as head coach of the Florida Panthers on Tuesday night. And in this case, uh, certainly gets a standing ovation, and you can see uh, Sydney, or, uh, Paul Maurice, an emotional guy, how much he loved his time in Winnipeg. He had mentioned to reporters that he hung on just a little bit too long in that spot. Things got a little bit stale, and the Jets had a tough year last year as a result. Dave Lowry took over. They missed the playoffs. A lot of turmoil and upheaval. Paul Maurice steps into a ready-made situation, you would think, in Florida, even though they underwent some significant off-season surgery. And yet, the Winnipeg Jets, your central division leading Winnipeg Jets by points percentage, were steamrolled. They steamrolled the Florida Panthers in this case. My question to you, Stephen, as we've looked at the Jets through the first quarter plus of the season, nearing a third of the season completed, how good are the Jets and what are your expectations? 
I was a believer in the Jets. Um, I know for a while I picked them to win the Stanley Cup like three or four years in a row. And, and part of it was just because I felt like the way they were building that core was impressive. And then you hear all about all the turmoil and all the, the players wanting out and all the rumors and things like that. And it's like, can they keep this together? But when you've got a guy like Connor Hellebeck, when he's on the, his game, he's a top five goalie. You have Kyle Connor, Dubois, Wheeler. Like, you got a good group. I've been a huge fan of what Cole Perfetti's been able to do this year. He's injected some new life into this team, as we kind of expected. Josh Morrissey, I don't think anyone kind of saw him having the year he's having where he's he's been so good offensively, and he's leading the team in scoring, which is nuts. But I, I think when you just look around the core, they're older now than they were obviously a couple of years ago, but I think that type of everything they've gone through has kind of set them up for, for what we're seeing this year. And I, I'm still a little worried about their scoring depth when a guy like Sam Gagne sitting ninth in scoring with seven points in 22 games, and he's been a healthy scratch a few times. But uh, I think that you still, when the, the high end of this team is still a quality group and they've been together for a long time. Some of these guys have been here basically since the start of the franchise, since moving um, from Atlanta. So uh, I, I think that, I was always a believer. It's just, you know, trying to get those results on a consistent basis. And they're starting to do that this year. Yeah, I think if you're looking for signs of how the Jets could be better, to your point, it's, hey, Kyle Connor has 26 points in 24 games, but really hasn't taken off on the goal scoring front yet as he ranks third on the team in goals behind both Shifley and Dubois. And, you know, there's some other signs of life. You see Blake Wheeler, you watch the game. He looks like he's stronger a little bit faster which i don't think you'd expect at this point given you know the way last season played out and it seems like he's also maybe a little bit more free uh, as we were expecting potentially an awkward situation after being stripped of the jets captaincy it just all seems to have worked out for the jets maybe they've had some tough starts rick bonus was saying uh that he's not a babysitter in terms of how the first periods have played out for the jets things can be better maybe they don't need to rely on connor hellebuck as much but man, the Jets look pretty good to this point in the season and starting to see why there were so many expectations for this team that's mostly the same from last year and didn't find a way to get the job done, didn't have enough juice. Let's talk uh, futures and the World Junior Championship coming up with uh, this week's edition of The Next Wave. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. All right, Stephen, we've reached that time, my favorite time of the year when we talk World Juniors and the tournament coming up on Boxing Day in Halifax and Moncton. And that also means that as we dive into this week's edition of The Next Wave, which is delivered by our friends at DoorDash, that we've gotten a sense with some rosters being released for camp of what these Team Canada and USA rosters might look like from an initial standpoint. And so when you take a look at the roster that was released by Team Canada earlier this week, who were some of the surprise omissions? Well, the one that a lot of people pointed out right off the bat was Matt Savoy, a guy who I put on my projected roster, but also knowing that, you know, there's he's, he's not a huge player by any means. And if he wasn't going to make the top nine, I feel like there were some guys that would fit the role a bit better um, deeper in the lineup. But, uh, you know, he's, he's put up some really good numbers this year. I was very impressed with him at the Buffalo uh, Prospect Showcase uh, with the Sabres. And I, I think he's going to have a good future. He's going to be a huge part of, of uh, next year's team. And this is a guy that was a top three prospect kind of heading into last year and then it didn't really work out that way but I think he's going to be a, a game changer in the NHL level um, he's that skilled but I understand they, they have a lot of scoring players on this team they didn't necessarily need him uh, Denton Matejchuk a defenseman who's been a fantastic player this year uh, it's been a lot of fun watching Blue Jackets prospects and he's one of them where he's been playing as good as he is offensively probably could have played any role they needed him on this blue line but again a deep group uh, and then Jagger Furcus Seattle uh, uh, Kraken prospect, uh, one of the most electric, one of the most fun players to watch. Um, you know, he's put up a lot of goals this year. He's, his two-way game, I think, has taken a next step forward. And um, he's he's a more well-rounded prospect than he was when I was kind of hyping him up as a, this guy might, when we're redrafting, he might be a top 10 player from the 2022 draft. But again, there's just a, so much skill in this team. Uh, they, they've got to have some role guys. And that's kind of where these guys kind of fell out of favor. So you projected your Team Canada roster a few days ago on dailyfaceoff.com. If you haven't seen it already, go and check it out. And one of the guys you left off the list was Reed Schaefer, an Oilers prospect who's had a great year to this point. You still think Schaefer, who was invited to camp, doesn't make it? My concern there, uh, and the roster you see here is kind of the updated version, I, I he really kind of... He, he had a, such a hot start. He was playing at a goal per game early on. And then it's kind of just, I believe he's had like six goals in the last like month. It's not been a, a total uh, explosion for him as we were kind of hoping to see. But uh, I, I could see him making it because he does a lot more than just scoring. You know, he can play a physical game. He can get in your face. But, uh, you know, there's, there's enough shooters where I think I'd be comfortable leaving him off. 
Two things to point out at that Team Canada projected roster, if we could throw that up one more time, Alex. One is you see three Chicago Blackhawk prospects on the blue line uh, for Team Canada, which is ultra impressive, led by one of their top picks in Kevin Korczynski. Um, and also Brent Clark from the Los Angeles Kings, who's been with the team all season long at the NHL level. I'd expect uh, in the next day or so that the Kings will announce that they are indeed sending Brent Clark to Team Canada for World Juniors. And I think the expectation on the back end of that is that Brent Clark will come back to the NHL level when it's all said and done. And I think they do plan to burn the first year of his entry-level contract. He's been sitting at nine games and has been waiting patiently since then. Let's talk about the other side of the border and Team USA, and also with their initial list being out. Steven, uh, well, who were some of the surprise omissions from that group, and were there bigger surprises than Team Canada? Uh, for sure. Uh, USA left off to the top scoring players in the OHL, which you, you then look at it and say, okay, well, there's the obvious, uh, they like to pick the, the NCAA and USHL players, but leaving Ty Void off when he's been as good as he is, nearly a two points per game uh, since the, the hop of the season. That's a guy I don't understand how you leave him off. And then Sasa Pashajov, who that one's interesting because he was on the summer team. Uh, so he was there a few months ago and he played for the U.S. National Development Program. So he went there. Yeah, he didn't go the NCAA route, but he was a pretty good player in the summer, uh, one of their top scorers. So uh, leaving him off where he's got 18 goals this year, I think he's third or fourth in the OHL uh, goal scoring. Those are two really key guys to leave off because they don't have the scoring depth that Canada has. Like Canada might not bring in Jordan Dumas, who is uh, he, he's on pace for like 140 points in the QMJHL. So you think about that, they can leave guys off, off like that because they got the depth. USA doesn't have that same scoring depth. Logan Cooley's a great player, but he's not Connor Bedard. He's not uh, Shane Wright if he's there, things like that. So uh, you think they would want those guys who can put up points and to leave those two guys off. Uh, and then you bring in a guy like Tyler Boucher, who's in the OHL too. So like there's that, but he's not putting up a ton of points. And a lot of people are kind of disappointed in his season. I get he's there more to be in a physical role, but yet that seems so odd when you leave off a guy like Ty Void of how good he's been. So what sense can you make of it? Does USA Hockey just not like Sarnia? And what is, is this just a continuation? And I said that tongue in cheek, but is this a, just a continuation of what many believe to be a clear bias against American players that have gone a different path in college hockey and playing in the OHL at this point? From some scouts I've talked to, that's how they view it. They say this is a this is definitely a bias here where they're, they're looking for the American players because uh, the, the players in the States, I should say, because Sasa Pashajov was on the summer team. Like they, this was a few months ago and he was very good. There was no reason from his performance to leave him off in particular. And then Ty Voy, uh, you know, he's never really been part of the U.S. system. And if there are, they could probably say the argument, he's really small. If they didn't think he was a top six player, you want to put some of the college players there instead. You know, I, I can agree. He probably is not a four-flying caliber player the way USA kind of built this roster. But to leave him off the camp roster altogether where you still have to make cuts in general, I, I don't get that one. So now that you've had a chance to take a look at some of the initial invitees to camps, do you have an early favorite for gold for the World Juniors? 
I really like the Americans' defense, but I think when it comes to it, you got to look at the team with the best players, and, and the best some of the best players in this tournament are on Canada's uh, front end. So I'm going with Canada. Uh, when you look at there, you could have Shane Wright, you could have Dylan Gunther, uh, and then Shane Wright and Brandon Ottman together were one of the best U16 combinations I've ever seen, and Brant Clark was the guy that was setting them up. So those are some guys that. Uh, you get that chemistry rolling again. I think that's really exciting. Uh, I think the biggest question mark for Canada is who their goalie is going to be. Uh, Benjamin Goudreau has not been great this year, but neither has Tyler Brennan. But those two guys are, have been in, in the Hockey Canada system for a while. Uh, so they know what they're getting. And I do think that Goudreau will be the starting goalie. Um, and all he's got to do is just just be solid enough. We saw Dylan Garan last year where uh, he was nothing spectacular, but he was good enough where Canada ended up winning gold. And uh, I think just Canada's strength here is the depth where I didn't have Owen Beck making my initial roster. And this guy's been tearing up the OHL. But I think the fact is they just got so many options where uh, you, you can throw these guys in different roles. And I think you can be confident. And uh, so right now I'm looking at Canada and saying, this is probably one of the deepest Canadian rosters we've seen in a while. And I, they're my pick to, to win it all. Team Canada and net just be good enough. The theory being maybe, of course, as Canada has struggled to develop goaltenders of late, that Team Canada should have the puck so much that it might not matter. Fascinating stuff to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks. Puck drops on Boxing Day, December 26th in Halifax and Moncton. That'll do it for this week's edition of The Next Wave, delivered by DoorDash. You see the promo codes there at the bottom of your screen. Game Day 25 gets you 25% off your first order of $15 or more on the DoorDash app. All your favorites and more delivered right to your door by DoorDash. All right, Stephen, time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Shout out to our boy Jeremiah who's watching again and in the YouTube chat from way up there in Alaska. Hope you're doing well, Jeremiah. And wanted to ask you, uh, we talked about World Juniors. Tis the season. The holidays are coming closer to uh, to being upon us. And what's your least favorite part of the holiday season? We're going to go non-hockey today, Stephen. See, my favorite things, World Junior, Spangler Cup. Two unbelievable events. My least favorite is the lack of music. I don't, I'm, I'm not saying variety, cool, but it's a variety sure that's the, that's the right word you can hear the same song if you listen to just like a christmas radio station if you listen for two hours you might hear the same song three or four times and they'll all be different versions uh can we come up with some more creative new songs like i know like justin bieber came out with a christmas album a couple years ago at least a couple of christmas songs and they weren't great by any means let's get some more creativity my favorite christmas music is from trans-siberian orchestra i've seen them live a few times they're great and they're doing creative stuff but they don't release a ton of music. They, I, I, we, we need to have some better variety here. I can't hear White Christmas 17 times in the same day and all be different versions, but they all sound kind of the same. My favorite part of the holiday season is the trade freeze that comes into effect uh, because that means I can kind of maybe put my phone down a little bit during the holiday season. And my least favorite part is the bills that come in January, paying for it all because... Christmas is just a season of overspending, and so it gets uh, gets pretty expensive. So, uh, yeah, that'll do it for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Let's get to our daily face-off points bet daily bet segment. Tyler Remchuk, how'd you do last night, Mr. Shot Prop King? 
Uh, got the split. Sidney Crosby came through with more than two and a half shots on goal. The Penguins came through as well, but the Kraken let me down. So it was two and two last night. Hopefully I can get on a bit of a heater here and paying for those January bills won't be quite as bad. Uh, so let's jump into it, courtesy of our friends over at PointsBet Canada, starting with a matchup between the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Buffalo Sabres. I love the over in this spot. It's not paying great. Minus 131. It's set at six and a half. And Columbus has actually been a good under team as of late, but almost every game is ending with five or six goals. It's not like it's two or three goal games or anything crazy like that. So they've been getting close. Buffalo, on the other hand, the over has hit and it's smashed in a lot of them, but it's hit in eight of their last 10. It's Corpusalo versus Uka Pekka Lukanen between the pipes as well. Corpusalo's allowed 16 goals against in his last five. I think this is a spot where the over is going to hit pretty easily. Also in this matchup, I like the Rasmus Dahlin shot prop. It's paying minus 140, one of the best prices we've got on it in a while. Columbus, they give up the second most shots against per 60 in all scenarios. So I like Dahlin on the shot prop. Also in that matchup there at the bottom, Vancouver taking on San Jose. I love the Canucks at this spot. They've won seven of their last 10. They're starting to piece things together, it looks like. Although there's been a few times this year where maybe we felt that and they've fallen flat on their faces. But I like them to get the win tonight. Paying minus 120. I think this is a good spot. The Sharks are really struggling right now as well. And the player prop I like in this one is, uh, well, there's a couple. Elias Pettersson, minus 130 to pick up an assist. He's hit this in three of his last five. I'm going with a full unit on that. And you know what else he's done in three of his last five? Had a multi-point game. And that is paying a very juicy plus 170 on points bet, so I'm going with a little half unit sprinkle on Pedersen to go over a point and a half. And uh, my last one, I, I just kind of got sold on this. Minnesota, plus 130. They are road dogs against Calgary, but they've won four in a row. I'm going to sprinkle on the wild too, Frank. I'm getting a little aggressive tonight. It's tis the season. A little sprinkling, sprinkling some Christmas magic around that. Love to see it, Tyler Ramchuk. Thanks to Tyler for our points bet daily bet segment. That brings us to my favorite segment, which is garbage time. Stephen Ellis, what's caught your attention? What's caught your eye from around the hockey world? So I think the first time I did this, I ranted a little bit about the digital board ads and said, you know, I don't like this. Uh, I, I'm very open for things for different things, different change. But in this case, uh, I think I hate it more than I originally did. Uh, and there was a good thread on Twitter kind of talking about all the issues with it. So uh, I'm actually blind in one eye. So physically, it is hard to look at the digital boards because I'm using one eye to do it all. So I imagine people who also have similar issues where it, trying to see what's going on and to see the flickering, see the puck disappear, see the players disappear. I, I think it's just, it looks terrible. And the, the I think the worst ones are the motion ones when you've got kind of like the car flying in or a puck flying in. That's way too distracting. I get it. You you kind of want to be visible. You want it to be seen. But when it's flashing, when it's changing, when it's moving, I, I just feel like they haven't figured it out. And some of the technical issues where, again, players were, were disappearing, the quality was not great on the boards, uh, that stuff hasn't been fixed yet. I was kind of hoping that would be. So uh, it's still a huge work in progress, but I feel like every game I watch, it's just more of an eyesore, and I'm spending more time paying attention to the boards than I am of who's playing. And I get that's what the advertisers want, but that's very frustrating as a fan. Yeah, I could see that. First off, I didn't know that you were blind in one eye. So um that it certainly changes the perspective on your opinion. So thank you for sharing. Um, I could see how for anyone that maybe struggles with not just eyesight, but also just purely attention based, like 
a lot of people complain, Stephen, in general, that are casual hockey fans that may watch only a couple games a year, that they are already having a hard enough time tracking the puck. You don't need to layer on any additional distractions to kind of take away from the action. And I thought the thread that was posted on, on Twitter, which I thought we were going to pull up a tweet or two, uh, if you have a chance to check it out, you should read in depth about how distracting it really is from an eyesight perspective. Because the one thing that we've learned in that thread is that Unfortunately, it's probably not going anywhere in that this is clearly a package that the NHL has sold to advertisers. It has had plenty of kinks. They haven't worked all of them out yet. In fact, many of them. And I agreed with the assessment from Dan Bagley. If you get a chance to read it, it was like 15 or 20 tweets deep and really well explained is that, and you see the, the Washington Capitals player disappearing here, um, is that They'd much rather see, and I personally fall into this category too, as the NHL has taken the dive into this with jersey ads, is I'd rather see physical ads on players, jerseys, helmets, whatever it is, rather than something distracting like this, which takes away from game viewing experience. So uh, well said by you, Stephen. And uh, yeah, it doesn't unfortunately look like it's going anywhere anytime soon. That'll do it for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the NHL. Thanks to Stephen. Thanks to Tyler Remchuk and our head of production, Alex Lard. We'll be back with you 12 noon Eastern on Thursday. You know where to find us. Until then, have a great day, everyone. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.